everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Today we are talking about a subject that is difficult to comprehend. I've been praying for a long, long time about taking and making the complex understandable. So if you forgot your thinking cap, you might better run back to the car and put it on. We're gonna talk about thinking and we're going to think how we think because many of us, if you're like me, we just don't think how we think. This series though, the United States of Amnesia is about thinking, thinking and thinking. When I was a sophomore at Florida State University, I majored in the fine arts. I remember a sculptures class we had taught by this renowned sculptor named Tom Hatch, and and he was a unique personality. You can imagine, an art professor. And a lot of us in this art major were unique as well. I guess that's why I'm kind of, I don't know, different. I like the arts. Everyone's different though, really. We had this class though with with Tom Hatch and he announced to us that all we had to do was was come up with the sculpture and he would grade us the entire semester just on one sculpture. But he told us, you know, your sculpture must solve a problem. Okay, solving a problem. So in this piece of art, we had to create a problem and then solve the problem. So we went to work and the, the sculpture that won, you won't believe this, was a tombstone painted in psychedelic colors with chicken wire around it and it read on the tombstone, God save Sid Vicious from the disco devil. Now most of you didn't laugh because you don't even know who Sid Vicious is. Sid Vicious was the lead singer of the Sex Pistols, one of the bands that was at the forefront of the punk rock movement. You get it now? So disco was of the devil, and that was sort of the problem, right? And, and he was praying, this artist, that God would save Sid from the disco devil. Get it? Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna challenge you to think about the, the pattern of history, where it's going to learn from the past. Because one of the things that just blows me away about the Bible is the fact that God told his people over and over again, remember, 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 remember. God in his sovereignty knows that we have an easy time forgetting. So I'm going to challenge you right now to think about how you think, to put on your thinking cap, and to see this trend, and also to see where it comes from. Classical Marxism plus postmodernism plus critical theory equals a Marxarita. You've heard of a margarita before? Well, a margarita is something that a lot of us are drinking. 
We're drinking it and we're intoxicated by it, yet we don't even realize that we're intoxicated. Marxism. Have you been marked by Marxism? Are you wearing the shirt? Are you beating the drum of Marxism without even knowing it? Because I'm gonna tell you that Marxism as is in your school and at the university. I'm gonna tell you that Marxism is in your company, it's on your street. I'm gonna tell you Marxism is in our government. Marxism is everywhere. And what's so wild about it is, 110 million people have been murdered because of it. So that's enough of a beta test for me. In other words, it doesn't work. Lenin tried it in Soviet Union, it didn't work. Mao tried it in communist China, it didn't work. Fidel Castro tried it in Cuba, it didn't work. Maduro tried it in Venezuela, it didn't work. But we're trying to push the ball downfield of Marxism and we're trying to say, oh, it works. Because now we've taken classical Marxism with critical theory, with postmodern thought, and we're drinking pictures and pictures of Marxaritas. Behind me is a timeline. 400 BC, that was a long time ago, right? There was a guy named Plato. I love writing in cursive. They don't teach it anymore. And don't get me started about the lack of teaching. We don't teach our kids how to think critically or write critically. Education no longer is about the truth. Education always leans left, does it not? It's always about usually rebellion. It's about socialism. So many of us parents, we go into major debt financing our kids to go to these schools. They leave the schools in a godless, in a, in a anti-establishment mentality, and they simply do what the professors have told them to do. And I'm here to tell you that most of the professors in our schools today are card-carrying Marxists. It's like a pig, you know? I, I, have, I have a friend that has a pet pig, and this guy is also a fantastic chef. I didn't know he had a pig. He invited me over to his house a couple of years ago, and there was a pig. And he and his wife had the pig dressed up. And he's clothes and stuff, and a little lipstick on the pig, and we sat down to eat, and sometimes before you know, we eat, especially if I'm at someone's house, they'll say, Ed, would you like to ask the blessing? I said, sure. So I, I pray for the meal. And then my friend goes, hey, watch Annabelle the pig. She's not gonna eat until first of all, she plays the piano. My hand lifted up. This pig <laughs> starts playing her little piano and then she ate. But she's a pig. <laughs> You can call Marxism socialism. You can call it injustice. You can call it racism. You can call, call it all sorts of things. It's Marxism. Marxism. And what's so alluring about it is we are against racism 
as believers. We are for equality. We are for any injustice, finding that out and doing what we need to do before God. But Marxism uses these terms that sound so sexy and cute, but they're, they're pig-like. 400 BC, Plato comes on the scene, and Plato, not Plato, Plato pretty much said that everything on earth is analogous to everything on heaven. And a lot of philosophers say philosophy is just simply a footnote on Plato. The guy was absolutely brilliant. And this would be the pre-modern, the pre-modern era, Plato. I mean, there was more stuff than that, but we're not going to stay here, you know, for the next, you know, four or five hours. I'm just, I'm just going through it very, very quickly, okay? So let's diesel on past 400 B.C. to 1600 A.D. I want you to think again. Of course, we have here death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's about A.D. 33. In 1600, though, you see a change. Here, in this era, pre-modern, people believed in the transcendence of God. They believed in the objective truth. Truth, people said during this era, was outside of us, and we have the opportunity to bring what's outside of us inside. So truth was objective. Now, in the 1600s, there, there was a change because this is the modern era. In this era, modern, modernity, sounds really good, doesn't it? That, that's what some people call it, modernity. In 1600, around this time, you have the enlightenment, you have science, logic, reason. That's kind of the, the, the vibe of the modern era logic, on and on. Well, this next phase, and whoever thought this phrase up was brilliant, postmodern. <laughs> anyway, postmodern. Postmodern. And here, truth is really absurd. It's relative. There's no truth. Well, what's true to you is true, and what's true to me is true, but there is no truth. Yet, when I say, if I'm a postmodernist, that there is no truth, that's an absolute statement that's absolutely true, so it's a self-refuting worldview. You, you follow me, just say, say this. I don't have time to do, do too much on postmodernity, but, but you, 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 get the, you get the vibe. Well, right about here, let's just say 1960 through 75, whatever. I want to talk about that time frame. So in this, in this realm, you have Karl Marx. Karl Marx. Who was this guy? Karl Marx was a philosopher who came up with this theory 
that divided people. The proletariats, the poor, and the bourgeoisie, the wealthy. And all these kids are running around these days going, hey man, that's bougie. That's bougie, man. Do you know where that phrase comes from? It comes from Karl Marx. Karl Marx's theory, as I have said again, has never worked. Let me repeat, it has never worked. He was an atheist. He spent most of his time breathing the free air of London. He was bankrolled by his friend who was a trust fund baby. That's Karl Marx. There was this, well, I knocked this thing over, didn't I? There was a school after, after Karl Marx called, it was about 1919 to 1939, the Frankfurt School. Frankfurt School. Marxism focused on economics, the rich, the poor, a struggle between the rich and the poor. The rich just dominate and humiliate the poor. Well, at the Frankfurt School, these philosophers were still influenced by Karl, but they said, man, it's more than economics, Karl. It's about social issues. It's about cultural stuff. So, so let, me, let me throw this definition out at you. What I'm talking about, this is an ingredient, critical theory, is an ingredient, Marxism is an ingredient. They make up the Marxarita, those three elements. Here's how I define a Marxarita. And for you to really understand everything I'm saying, you gotta watch last week's talk, all right? A Marxarita, someone who, who is a Marxist 2.0, I made that phrase up, it's a Marxist-inspired ruthless critique of our culture in order to challenge the power structures. It's all about power. That's what's so funny about this. Power, power, power. The Marxists, Marxists 2.0, the people who are drunk with this deception, they're all about power. They wanna dominate. Power, 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 and more. Power. Yet the hypocritical part of it is they look and say, wow, that's not good that the, the group A is, is wielding power over group B. So it's the height of hypocrisy that we'll kind of unpack as we go along. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 says this, and, and I'm going to throw something out at you that's going to be a big change in this message. A big change, a big change. We need to be familiar, the Bible says, with the devil's evil schemes. In other words, the devil's my opponent. I need to be aware of his game. What is the devil's schemes? The devil is complex. The devil is a liar and the father of lies. The devil throws out weapons of mass emotion, gets into our emotions, 
and he can cause such a commotion. We're like, it sounds good. Injustice. It sounds good. I'm, I'm against racism. It sounds good. Gender issues. Wow, yeah, I'm all up in that. The Apostle Paul saw this. Paul, like, read a lot of his letters and things. Here's, here's what he told the Galatians. He said, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Just some of these phrases I just threw out. Injustice, racism, equality, opportunities. Those sound good on the surface, but when they're mixed into this drink, they're not biblical. They swim against God's world view. They swim against Christianity because this drink is anti-God. This drink is an atheistic, humanistic ideology that's about power and rebellion. The Bible tells us in John chapter eight, verse 44, these words. When he, what? Lies, he speaks his native language. For he's a liar and he's the father of lies. Deception, deception, deception. He deceives us on a personal level and also on a larger level as we can see through the, the, the course and the force of history. Not only does he deceive, he also divides. So see, the devil deceives, and yet Jesus said, I am the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the light. Jesus is all about truth, absolute truth, objective truth, not subjective truth. The devil, though, divides you and me. One of the ways he messes with my mind, and that's, that's the battlefield, he'll start dividing my mind. That's how he works. Look at how divisive Marxism 2.0 is. They divide and divide and divide and divide and divide and divide and divide, and now you have a whole culture of division. That's why the church is so important. We're about the unity that we have in Jesus. Do you realize one of Christ's final prayers he prayed before he went to the cross was that we would be one. Think about the oneness, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one. He wants us to be unified together, to concern ourselves with these issues that are out there, but not riding on the train of, of Marxism 2.0. Notice too that the devil deflects. He, he's great at getting me to blame people for my, for my problems. Oh, it's his fault. Oh, it's her fault. It's that group's fault. Where does that come from, the blame game? The devil. Because my first reaction when I'm confronted is to blame somebody. That's just me. Surely it's not you, is it? 
Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve were in the garden. They sinned. And God finds Adam, he says, Adam, what's the deal? The woman. He blamed, guys, a woman. Then he threw God into the mix that you gave me. Does that sound like post-modern stuff or what? So Christianity is the opposite of that. We're not about blame. We take responsibility, individual responsibility. I'm a sinner, God, in need of a savior. I can't worry about this person, that person, whatever. I, I, I have to own that fact. So listen to me, my race, my gender, my economic level does not supersede my relationship with Christ or my identity. I'm, I'm a Christian first. What we're talking about is the gospel of Jesus. See, I'm, 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 I'm giving you Satan's argument because Satan takes stuff, obviously, that God has made, and he counterfeits it. I mean, he's not going to come up to you and me in a devil's outfit. He's not going to say, oh, forget Marxism 2.0. I'm the devil. I'm going to deceive you, divide you, deflect, and dominate your life. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> No, no, he doesn't, he doesn't work that way. Revelation 12, 10 says this. It says, man, this is, this is a, 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 a powerful man. For the accuser, that's the devil, of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. He had been hurled down from heaven. You remember, if you... Wikipedia, the, the devil, he was the lead worship leader in the heavenlies. He tried to usurp God, authority issues, rebellion. Sounds like Marxism to me. <laughs> then he got kicked out. He took a third of the angels with him. Division, hello, okay? And, and now he accuses you and me. He talks trash. He throws shade on you and me. Constantly, constantly, but see, because we're believers, we've been saved by grace through faith. But here's something else that's awesome. We're saved by grace through faith, yes. It's about grace, something we don't deserve. But when I prayed to receive Christ into my life, the righteousness of Jesus has been imputed into my life. So I have, because of Christ, the righteousness of Jesus. And, and, and my heart breaks to see so many people rioting and, and being so hateful. You know, in reality, I think a lot of them are probably well-intentioned and they're trying to simply build up their righteousness column. But I'm here to tell you, there's nothing you can do or I can do in and of ourselves to build up our righteousness. It only comes from Jesus Christ our Lord. So, the devil. 4D, he deceives, he divides, he deflects, and he dominates. But of course, we know in Christ, we are free. Well, let's go back to the timeline. You thought I forgot, but I did forget. So we got the 1960s, Frankfurt School. Now, the psychedelic 60s were, were, were crazy, and also into the 70s, because you had prayer kicked out of school, and we pretty much have done a swan dive into the psychedelic cesspools of sin when we kicked prayer out. You had the pill, 
you had radical, I'll just, sex, education. You have abortion. And the list goes on and on. But the 60s pretty much ended with about a half a million hippies in this giant drug-induced orgy. And now, so many of those people are the leaders, they're the professors, they're the teachers in our culture today. So, so no wonder we're dealing with this stuff. But everything I'm talking about, see, Satan's strategy obviously swims against the current of a biblical worldview. But I want you to drill down and think about this just for a second. Our identity, your identity, my identity is what? It's not race, gender, it is who I am before God. My problem, your problem is not oppression. You know what it is? It's sin. I just jotted this down in my margin. The greatest need is, is not power, the greatest need is forgiveness. That's the game. So we see the difference between this satanic, seductive, sexy worldview that so many people are, are into versus the biblical worldview. God, save Sid Vicious from the disco devil. It's my prayer that God would save us as we live out our lives from the devil. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.